Welcome to Real College Talk. My name is Morgan Heath Powers. I'm here with one of my biggest mentors and my DECA advisors, so the student business organization I was involved in in high school, Karen Burkhart. Karen, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> um, I'm super excited to have Karen on because um, she's been a huge influence in my life over the past couple of years, and I think she also has a lot of wisdom that she can share with you um, as you're making decisions about college, as you're making decisions about life, um, and definitely keeping it real, as Karen always does. <laughs> so, yeah, it comes to the territory. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, Karen, tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, um, where you come from, what your kind of life trajectory and college experience is like. Okay. So, um... I graduated from Princeton and then I moved to Manhattan mm -hmm. and I had a career in finance um, did management consulting and worked for a hedge fund and it was really cool. And then I started a family and did yeah. the one thing I swore I would never do, which is homeschool my children. <laughs> so I did that for almost a decade and then um, we moved here and so now I'm a tech advisor, which I love, mm -hmm. to wonderful students like Morgan and I'm the parent of a rising senior, which is frightening. So we are definitely right in the middle of college. Yeah. Yeah. And you just got back from... A yes. college visit trip on the East Coast. Yeah. How was that? Uh, busy. We did, uh, I think, 11 schools in wow. six days. So. I didn't even tour that many schools in like my entire college research process. Well, I took okay. both kids because we're only yeah. doing this one time. Okay. Walk, walking it down and um, looking at some things that we're, we just don't know as well. Okay. Here. So, okay. Yeah. What were some of the big big takeaways from that? What were some things you noticed? Yeah, I kind of knew this with my kids to see it. Schools really have personalities. Mm. And it's not always what they say in the brochures, and it's not always, some of it's regional. Um, a school in California, it's going to be different than South Carolina, it's going to be different yeah. than New York. And you kind of need to just feel that vibe yeah. and see what it is. And sometimes what you think you want isn't necessarily what you want. And I think that's so the biggest thing for me is just making sure that our list for my son right now is diverse enough. He's 17. Yeah. He might change his mind by the time he's 18 and he right. has to decide. Right. And if not, you still have a long way. You need a, a school that is, can grow with you. Yeah. It's, it's a big changing time. Yeah. So often I, I see students just kind of like looking at the U.S. news lists of like best schools for this particular major. And, and that's great and everything. I totally did that as well. Um. But really going, and I not everyone has the resources to visit a ton of schools, but once you visit a few, you kind of get a feel for, like, the real things that you want. Yeah. Um, and sometimes a school you thought you were going to love, you end up hating, <laughs> hating. Like, that totally happened to me. And then the total opposite could happen, which also happened to me, um, is you can go to a school that you weren't really considering and then totally fall in love with it. Yeah. Um, and, like, some okay. schools, even the same sizes, feel very different. Yeah. And we saw... UNC Chapel Hill, and yeah. then media saw Clemson, Clemson the next day, and they're basically the exact same size in terms of undergraduate and grad student body, completely different fields, okay. just completely different. Like UNC felt big, um, but Clemson didn't, just because the campus was much more thought out, yeah, and um, closed. Okay, they were both beautiful, yeah, both very southern, yeah, and a different feel. We saw Duke the day before, and yeah. Duke was. You know, about half of the size, but because of all the medical stuff right around it, it felt huge. Right. Like it felt okay. much bigger. You needed a shuttle, and you needed a shuttle from like a freshman campus, and you need to take that shuttle to get to your classrooms as a freshman versus looking at a school where there's like twice as many kids and everything's within a 15 yeah, minute walk. Yeah, you can just walk. Wow. And that was kind of like, hey, that's something to really think about. Yeah. Which 
I can't tell from the Kansas map. So <laughs> I'm horrible about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. How does this compare to like your experience when you were applying to schools? Like, what were the things that you were considering? At, well, at completely different. I yeah, mean, okay. pre-internet, pre. Yeah. Any of that. Oh my gosh. Okay. So my uh, highly thought out college process was to go to the library of those big books that are like telephone books now okay. that most of you don't even like have. They still have like, you know, Princeton Review. Yes, I totally use that. that okay, I have two of them at home. Yes. I've looked through all of them. <laughs> so I went and I um, went to a high school of about 2200 and I wanted a school, I thought college should be about double that. Yeah. So I went to the book and through all the books and found all the schools at 5,000 kids or less, but not like too small. I didn't want it smaller than my high school. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. And that's kind of how my college search went. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like the undergraduate focus. I mean, that's something that you really need to think about is who do you want teaching your classes and who's mm. important? And um, so many of these schools, if you've got just grad students, you're going to have a different level yeah. of education. I mean, I was fortunate that we have the undergraduate focus. Um, okay. But even some of the bigger schools will say, like, oh, we have 90, 97% of our classes taught by professors. Yeah. And it's not. It's not a requirement. I mean, sometimes like a really committed grad student might be better. Right. But you are paying for expertise. So. You are. And like so often, like specific schools are, are known for having professors that like worked in the specific industry that you're interested. I know like even speaking from my perspective in DECA, like being able to use your background in finance for like real advice on a role play or, or a business situation was like a game changer and it definitely kind of shifted my perspective as I looked at the schools that I would want to go to is like I want to be taught like I want to go into business I want to be taught by people who worked in business yes. who run real businesses um, because it's, it's different in practice than theory oh my gosh like what you read in the textbook is not necessarily what happens in real life um, same okay. thing on investing yeah Everything, oh this is how you invest really no okay okay yes okay let's transition to this topic because I you have like taught me so much about finances over the past couple of years, not just through DECA, um, but through a variety of other ways. And I would love for you, like what what do you see in terms of students spending so much money these days on their education? Obviously incredibly important, but we're starting to see this like, I, I often ask myself this question, like, is it worth it? Like so many students are going into student loan debt for their undergraduate degree, planning to go to graduate school or more. Um, What's kind of your high-level perspective on that before you dive into the details? Um, I think the first question everyone needs to ask is, why are you going to college? Mm. Because I don't think it should be this to assume that everyone goes. And I know that's mm. sacrilegious, and parents, I'm sorry, but not everyone <laughs> needs to go to school. Um, if you're super mechanically oriented, maybe super into arts, yeah. super yeah. entrepreneurial, um, it may not be the best choice for you. And it's certainly not the best choice for you if you don't know. Take a gap year, as Morgan's doing this really smart, or don't take a gap year and just go work in a job that you think mm. you want. Um, shadow a job. I mean, if you want to be a doctor and are ready to sign up for another decade of school, then by all means, get it over with and start the process. But I think there's some real learning. Um, and I think that um, without that kind of end in mind of why you're going to school, it's hard. Um, I think college is ridiculously overpriced. Um, I'm going to be super elitist and say I think there's you know five or six private schools in the country that may be worth what they're charging, but 20 years ago, a top flight school, your tuition was tuition, not total cost, was about twenty thousand dollars. 
now it's between fifty and sixty thousand dollars. So that's like a two and a half yeah. to three times increase, um, which is crazy. Salaries haven't changed that much. Okay, that's that's the thing because so so often people say you know like well it'll be worth it because I will make more money. Um, but like you said, there's only like a certain collection of those elite universities that you feel are particularly worth it. How do you think students like myself can like decide and like weigh those options? Um, obviously, it depends on what they're studying. You don't and have like a that. blank check from a parent, and if you do, be really, really nice to your parents. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think I think anything that you work harder for, you earn, you appreciate more than things yeah. that are given to you for the most part. True. It's kind of just a reality. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, I looked up the stats and it's the average student debt coming out is $37,000 a year. That's after tax money. So that's, you know, on a 10-year repayment plan, that's at least $400 a month. And maybe that doesn't seem like it's so much. Then, then do a budget. I mean, mm -hmm. I'd say look at the school you're going to. You can go to the Career Center pages they have. They'll tell you the average starting salary by major. So get that. Like where you want to live and just look at what that $400 that $400 may mean you don't get a car mm -hmm. it may mean you have to live with a roommate and you may go hey that's fine I'm gonna be used to be living with a roommate but 10 years that's from 22 to 32 do you want to be 32 with a roommate I I didn't Heck want no. to no um, I didn't want to be 22 with a roommate well I got a permanent one because I got married <laughs> different um my husband didn't want to but between the time beforehand and you just it's a lot and then if you are looking to get married, then you've got two people, and now you have an $800 a month payment. And it's heartbreaking for yeah. people to have to delay families, yeah. or not at a house, yeah. or different things on the student loan debt. And I just, I have a really hard time. And I'm having a really hard time even looking, looking at schools with the cost yeah. of tax. Yeah. I mean, you've got schools that have $25 billion endowments. They're making billion dollars a year interest and investment return off of those endowments and still charging $75,000. It's mind-boggling. Yeah. I, I don't know why people pay it. Um, I don't know when it's gonna like change. It's gonna change when the top, top students start opting out. Yeah. Which is, I mean, hopefully the path that we'll be fortunate to go down. I don't know. Yeah. That's certainly where, where I'm there. Ultimately, um, I'm not going to discount. Well, first of all, rankings are all stacked. So just, I mean, the U.S. News and World Report things, people have been gaming that system yeah. for a long time. Yeah. So the, the best school is not necessarily the best school for you. Right. True. Um, at all. True. And the best, I mean, so some of the best engineering schools if you have to take five or six years to graduate from them, really rethink that. Yeah. Like if you're getting math science degree and the average graduation is five or six years, that's you be hard. I mean, we just saw Georgia yeah. Tech and you, you mm -hmm. can't get on a plan that's not five years. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe mm -hmm. if you came in with a couple of years of college credit, but just go think about that. Because even if it's less than something else, it all adds up and people are. Yeah, it's more time. It's more money. I know, I know a kid who's in um, the architectural program over at Cal Poly, one of the top architectural programs in the country and he's been there for six years now because their classes are so packed and Cal Poly is a state school much less expensive or than you know other other universities especially in California but because he's been there for so long he is spending an exorbitant amount of money on his education and um, 
And you have Com the lost yeah. wages piece yeah. too. Yeah. Because each year you delay working, it mm -hmm. just it puts those stressors longer right. and longer. Right. Um, so I mean I think the cost of a college degree is kind of become outrageous. Yeah. Um, I think people should price shop it more than they do. Yeah. Um, I think that I think that most mid-tier private schools are probably not worth it unless you're in a really specialized field yeah. where you need that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that I think that five years after you finish your undergraduate, it really doesn't matter when you get to school. And that, I mean, I went to Princeton, yeah. okay? So I went to the number one school, it's been the number one school for 20 years for a reason. Um, yes, I, my husband went to UCLA. Yes, I started at almost double his starting salary. But five years in, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. After that period of time. So, you know, that's when, you know, Princeton might be a school that's worth paying for if you can get that kind of a premium. And then you have to balance off how much debt you need to do to take yeah. it. Um, when I went to school, um, I didn't have any financial resources. I was going to be borrowing no matter where I went. So okay. for me, and at the time, um, there weren't the no loan programs or anything like that. They started that while I was repaying my college loans. Really stinks. Um, really, really stinks. Um, but for me, um, Princeton was only slightly more expensive than UCLA. Okay. Because there was a maximum wow. amount of money that they would let me take out at the time. Yeah. You, could, you couldn't take out parent loans. So there was basically a federal law on how many, how much, how much debt I could get myself into. Yeah. And yeah, I, I maxed it out. Wow. Um, but I was going to have to do that to go to college. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say that was the best choice, but... Would you do it again? I would do it again to come out with what I had. I mean, I had about 30000 in loans, okay. um, and that was reasonable. Okay. Would I let my kids do it? When mm. I mean, and so uh, Princeton education at the time I went was about $100,000. Okay. It's over three hundred. Yeah, I'm like, in total? <laughs> so I'm... <laughs> wow. I, I don't... I don't think it's worth that. No! It's, it's just... More, I mean, you can buy a really nice house. Yeah, you can buy a house for that several times over. Um, so it, it's kind of hard to look back on your life and say I would undo it. Yeah. Um, but if I was choosing between a full ride and paying for Princeton, paying a full ride somewhere else, yeah. I would have taken a full ride. I didn't get it at the time. Same yeah. thing at the time. I got every single scholarship I applied for. Yeah. I had the Regent Scholarship at UCLA, and it was five hundred dollars a semester or quarter. Like, it didn't touch yeah, not anything. Enough. Yeah. So I didn't know to shop for other yeah. things. Yeah. And, you know, also, too, I, I go to grad school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, every, like, every student's experience is totally, is totally, totally different. Um, and, and, and what you're going to go into. So, like, yeah. if you want to teach and you want to be an elementary school teacher, God bless you. I wish the school society valid, valued that know, enough to right? pay you more but do not True. take out student loans no because you will be paying them when you're ready to send your own kids to school i know this from personal friends mm -hmm. if you're ha you know going to be an anesthesiologist and make seven figures a year and that's really what you not want and it's not for the money and you have the stats for it then that student loan becomes much more manageable yeah. but most people don't know what they want to do mm -hmm. and you you know, for me, I was fortunate on my student loans that the lucrative jobs were Wall Street, and that's where the money and my interests and talents matched up. But my college roommate 
didn't want to do that and she still had loans and she didn't get a STEM degree and she's still paying for them. And it's so important, like, it's so, especially to high students who are in high school right now, it's so important to consider these things early on because too often I talk to students who, and I totally get this, like, the money shouldn't hold you back, apply to the schools that you know you deserve, that you know you can get into, and that's great and everything, but like, for example, I really wanted to go into, go to Vanderbilt. If I had applied to Vanderbilt without ever having a conversation with my parents that if I don't get scholarships, I am not going, I would have gotten my hopes up. And instead, I knew immediately when I got that response from Vandy that I got in, but I didn't get any money. I was like, you know what? That's okay. I'm not going. I'm not going. And I knew that going in, so it saved me so much disappointment. And yet, like you said, if you think early, if you actually do the calculations, what would that $400 a month mean to you if you had to take loans out um, or whatever that number is? It can save you so much disappointment and just help you to make a stronger decision. Um, and, and real yeah. life isn't, I mean, so people give you job yeah. advice, do what you love, <laughs> which is great, but not right. if you can't get paid for it. My husband yeah. absolutely loves to fish. And every time he says that, he goes, great. I just haven't figured out how to make a living fishing, <laughs> particularly because he doesn't catch anything. But, um, you know, that, that's not realistic. Not if yeah. you... It's not how life works. And I don't understand where we have this disconnect with college that yeah. all of a sudden it, it should be. Nobody's entitled to a college education. Nobody's parents need to pay for a college education. Um, and it, it doesn't, you know, if they want to give you that gift mm-hmm. or a portion of that gift, mm-hmm. then that's great. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I, I make waves with that. Because yeah. I said, I, I'm not, I will choose to help my children with college, mm-hmm. but I've never felt like that's my responsibility. Yeah, yeah. I put myself through school. My yeah. husband put himself through school. And, and it really meant it to you then. And then it's your choices and you own them. I mean, yeah. my husband yeah. got out of UCLA in three years because he didn't want to keep so working good. full time. And wow. so he was banging on those counselors' doors going, I don't really care. I, I want to take, what are the maximum number of credits I can take? They're like, it's not advice. He's like, six? I'll take six classes. <laughs> you know, whatever it is. But, but on his dime, he was very conscientious yeah. of this is how many hours I'm waiting tables for to take this yeah. class. Yeah. I, I better pass it. Yeah. Um, I better not goof off. Yeah. And, and I think the message is also like, and if your parents or, or whoever is there to support you in your education, great. Still make the most of it. Still like max out that time and, yeah. and, and, re- and respect that. Um, you know, every, everyone talks about the college experience and, 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 and that's all great and everything, um, but also know that you're going to school to go to school and um, and to make the most of it, like it costs money no matter who's paying for it. And so I'm just really glad that we can kind of get real about that. Um, did you, so kind of switching gears a little bit, did you always know that you wanted to go into finance? Because many students my age who are going off to college expecting like, where you fill out your application pretending like you know what you want to do for the rest of your life in many ways. Um, totally not the case. Um, what Did you always know what you wanted to do? How did you kind of navigate that? No, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, I applied as an engineer because I can't do foreign language. <laughs> and um, engineers didn't have a foreign language requirement. You did basically do a fifth year of school in four years, and that was a good deal for me because okay. um, language is that bad. And my children have that same lovely gift from us. And um, my husband almost didn't graduate college because of the foreign language requirement. And really? I was an engineer. So I got an engineering degree for that. And wow. then, um, fortunately enough for me, um, my 
I was I got a double major in economics and Krista doesn't do double majors so I can't say that but I finished a degree in economics as well as my engineering degree okay and that's when I kind of figured out that I really liked it yeah um if I could do it all over again and and it exists now it didn't exist then I really liked the intersection of economics and decision making and psychology um so actually there's a couple guys in Chicago that started something called behavioral economics it didn't exist at the time. Um, fascinating because I used some of their papers in my senior thesis and ended up winning the Nobel Prize several years later. Um, so Kahneman, Kahneman, I don't know how to his name, he's won. And so it, that field didn't exist. Wow. But that's, I love the process of how do people think? How do you help them make yeah. the right decision? Because economics say people always make decisions based on utility and maximizing mm -hmm. yep. utility. Yep. But no. And then you have these it's other, <laughs> well, and, and it's, what is utility anyway? Yeah. Um, and you have all these studies, um, they're the ones that kind of pioneered the opt in instead of opt out instead of opt in for mm -hmm. 401k because yeah. people inertia. Mm -hmm. So kind of that um, psychology, decision making, how do you get people to do what's in their best interest and structure all that, how wow. do you model it? I, I would have done that, Yeah. Um, but it didn't exist and yeah. then um, I had enough of an interest and, and honestly I had student loans to pay off. Yeah. So off I went. I mean, One of the reasons why Princeton initially started forgiving student loans is because the Teach for America um, program came out of some of the senior thesis at Princeton but people couldn't do it because they had to pay off their loans and $400 wow. a month when you're not getting paid doesn't work. Okay. So they kind of basically said um, the motto is in the nation's service and in the service of all nations and they said we're not equipping our people to be able to do that. And that's kind of where they started with, we can't have people going back and giving communities if they have student loans. So we're going to start not having student loans anymore. Um, which mm -hmm. I think is really amazing. Mm -hmm. And people okay. are fortunate enough to have that. But if you've got some of the top universities saying, hey, people are making career choices. And, you know, what? why are 50% of our undergraduates all going into investment banking, even if they majored in history? Hmm. And, you know, people do... Yeah make rational choices and yeah and you know and so do that or if I do it all over again I major in computer science yeah. because computer science you can do anywhere and you can do right. part time right and for me I worked a really cool job and I got to travel internationally and do really fun things but 68 to 80 hours a week yeah. are not compatible with having a life outside of work yeah and ultimately I said I take I choose to have a life mm -hmm. rather than just a job or a career yeah so I think people should think about that. You know, if you, because some people are just passionate and totally know what they want to do. Yeah. But I think most people don't. Yeah. And I appreciate the schools that allow people to declare, you know, go, go in undecided. Yeah. I know it. that was like huge for me is like looking for schools with flexible education plans because I think I know what I want to do right now. Um, but I don't really know. And we were just talking earlier, like life is not linear and, and, being able to go to a school that maybe fits your specific interests or allows you to explore, really explore, um, is a huge consideration. Yeah, and the other thing I think that people don't think about enough that I think is really important is to think about geography. Because um, different schools have different strengths and mm -hmm. their networks and where they are. And, and the reality is if you want to work on Wall Street, you're better off going to school on the East Coast because those firms come down the East Coast and recruit there. Even really good yeah, schools the don't get the same okay. thing. If you want to be a film major, you know, work yeah. in Hollywood, then USC may be the best place for you, even if it's not quote the top ranked school. Yeah. It is a film. So that's <laughs> but but same thing regionally, I mean, 
there are regions that, that value their state schools yeah. more than Northeast schools, no matter what the ranking is. So true. Okay, it was true. When I went to this the interview weekend at SMU, I was blown away at like the strong business network and how much they love SMU kids. And like it really, it really, it literally, literally, it literally pays <laughs> to go to the right school when it when it comes to geography and the network there. Um, I'd love to wrap up with a couple rapid fire questions. Um, firstly, if you could if you could go back and, and give yourself or basically a young high schooler some advice as they're approaching the college app process, what what would be the one the one piece of advice if you could distill it down to one? There's um, not one perfect school for you, mm. and there's not one thing that's going to define the rest of your life. I mean, if you make a mistake with where you go, you can always transfer, and that's fine. And just make the best of where you go and do mm. the trade-offs. So I, I, it's, you know, this, I must find the right place. No, you just yeah. need to find a place that will be good, and then go and make the most of it. Cause True. Most people can be happy many places, and yeah. we totally lose track of that. Yeah. Like in many things, there's not always just one thing. It's it's truly how you what you make of it. Um, okay, very cool. I have two more questions. Second last question: If you could speak to a, a college student, because we definitely have college college student listeners here, who's trying to figure out the next step after they graduate, maybe not sure exactly what they're gonna do. What kind of advice would you maybe give to them? Um, one I'd say make sure that. You, you don't you've enjoyed some of the college experience if you hadn't mm. I personally because I was in the financial situation I worked three jobs through college wow. and I wish that like wow. I had, yeah I was back <laughs> um, back in the days of work study and we had limited hours but, yeah. um, I, going back I wish I had kind of attended a few more games and, and done a little bit more of that so yeah. don't lose sight of that True. Same thing, it's an entry-level job that you're going to do when you come. You're better off to try something and decide that you hate it than get stuck in the quagmire. 